You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen, and today I'm talking to Katya, not her real name for anonymity reasons, but she's a teacher and she has BPD. We're going to be talking with her about her experience of BPD, borderline personality disorder, getting diagnosed, and also mental health in schools for both teachers and students. So, Katya, welcome to Mentally Yours. Thank you. Um, it's nice to chat to you. So I think we'll dive straight in and just get straight in there, as that's the kind of podcast we are. Um, I know that you've mentioned you have BPD. Can you tell us a bit about what that kind of means for you, how it affects you? BPD is probably one of the most misunderstood conditions that there is in terms of mental health. There's quite a lot to it. There's actually nine diagnostic criteria and you only need to meet five of them. So you do find that people with BPD, they do present slightly differently. So you're not going to find two people that are exactly Mm. the same. Um, The most common one is fear of abandonment. So people with BPD often have a lot of issues around being alone. They can be quite intense in their relationships. So whether that's friend relationships or romantic relationships, they often have this fear of rejection, which causes them to behave in a way that means that they often push people away and then pull them back in. And that is something that I do tend to do, not so much with friendships but definitely with romantic relationships that's something that has been a real learning curve for me to learn to deal with Um, also effective dysregulation is the official term for it but it basically means that you struggle to manage your emotional responses Mm -hmm. to certain situations um, or maybe your emotional reactions are out of context to the situation 
And again, this is something that I have struggled with in the past, but it is a lot easier now that I'm on medication. Um, I'm not as oversensitive and I'm definitely not as reactive as I used to be. The other thing that it encompasses is really intense relationships. So we have spoken about Mm. that fear of abandonment. People with borderline personality disorder, they tend to have very stormy and dysfunctional relationships. Um, It's characterized by something called splitting, Mm -hmm. where somebody with BPD alternates between idealizing people, thinking they're fantastic, and then devaluating them. So thinking that they are the worst person in the world, and there's not really that much of a gray area in between. They often have quite an unstable sense of self as well. So issues around core identity. And this is probably one of the ones that has followed me around for most of my life. So a lot of borderlines have an internal conflict over who they actually are. Hmm. And that could mean that they change their interests, their hobbies, their style, their image, which definitely applies to me. I don't think I've ever had the same hair colour for longer than about about six weeks. Um, It can even go as far as issues over gender identity and sexual orientation, although that isn't to say obviously that everyone who has those issues has BPD. Mm -hmm. Probably the biggest one for me is impulsivity and this is the one that really pushed me to go and seek a diagnosis. So people with BPD, they tend to act really without thinking and they will engage in impulsive and harmful behaviours on a regular basis. So binge eating, excessive spending, reckless driving, promiscuity, substance abuse, all of those kinds of behaviours. Suicidal ideation is also a big one. So that includes things like self-harm, and it does have the highest suicide rate of all mental illnesses. I read somewhere that people with BPD are 50 times more likely to attempt suicide than somebody who doesn't have BPD. And of those who do have BPD, about 80% will attempt suicide, which is actually quite a shockingly high number. Mm. No, it's really scary. It's really scary. Like that is really quite a high figure. Mm. Chronic feelings of emptiness and boredom is another one. And then disproportionate anger and paranoid ideation and dissociative symptoms. Now, for me, again, this is one that I do struggle with a little bit where a person loses touch with reality. Now, for me, that takes the form of hearing voices. And when I tell people that, they always think, oh, you hear voices, you want to go murder people. They tell you to hurt people. But it's really not like that. The way that I describe it is, if you are sitting in your car at traffic lights and you can hear the radio on in the car behind, it's kind of like that. It's just muted voices. So you can't even make out what it is and Mm. it can be really annoying. Or I might hear noises that are just completely out of context with the situation, like an alarm clock, for example, um, when I'm teaching or it might be hearing seagulls when you're in a nightclub. It's, It's really strange, but that is definitely something that I struggle with with BPD. How do you deal with that? Because that, to me, sounds so annoying. (laughs) It really is. I mean, Mm. before I got my BPD diagnosis, I was actually really quite frightened by it. Not so much what was happening, but I do have a family history of schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. So when I was seeking my diagnosis, it was always in the back of my mind, if this is schizophrenia, how am I going to deal with this? So my reaction actually to getting a BPD diagnosis was oh my god I've got BPD this is great (laughs) which is probably not most people's reaction to getting that diagnosis 
Can you tell us a bit about the kind of diagnosis process in terms of what made you start to wonder, you know, is this something that I have and how it went in terms of when you initially went to professional and how long it took to actually get an answer for what was happening? Yeah, sure. So I've had BPD symptoms for a really, really long time, like going all the way back to to school. But in terms of the BPD diagnosis itself, that took a really long time. And I don't think that I'm alone with Mm. that. A lot of clinicians, they won't diagnose BPD in anyone under the age of 18 anyway, because the symptoms do mimic that of puberty, essentially. So I know definitely myself working with young people who are teenagers you know, it's really hard to tell sometimes, is that a BPD symptom or is it just somebody who is going through adolescence? Mm -hmm. For me, I started to seek help probably about seven years ago. So that was when I started to hear the voices. And it's been really difficult to actually get that diagnosis. I went through the system several times where I would get an appointment at a wellbeing centre and you have to fill in the questionnaires. There was never anything that really applied to me. So I would be discharged back to my GP And then it would start all over again and then I'd get referred. And the one time that I did see a psychological wellbeing practitioner, they kind of got me to talk about some of the more traumatic things that I've been through that they thought were affecting my mental health. And then after that, they said, it's completely normal to have five or six really traumatic experiences in life. Um, We think you've handled it really well. There doesn't seem to be anything wrong with you. You're obviously high functioning. And yeah, that that was it I was just kind of very dismissive (laughs) it was it was really shocking and it also Mm. made me feel quite vulnerable as well after you've obviously talked about these really traumatic experiences and then having them dismissed and it wasn't actually until earlier this year it's like January this year when I got my BPD diagnosis after I really pushed for it Mm -hmm. because one of the main problems is not everybody who has BPD is low functioning, so they don't necessarily struggle on a day-to-day basis. So for me, I found it really hard to get that diagnosis because people would see me as somebody who has a job, a family, is happy, relatively stable, quite successful, well-presented. And on the surface of it, it doesn't look like I'm somebody who struggles with BPD. And that was something that was really difficult for me to get a diagnosis from because they would say, what does this diagnosis mean to you? Do you need it? Mm. And they were really reluctant to give that diagnosis. In fact, when I spoke to the psychiatrist, they said that they prefer to treat with medication before they look to things like talking therapies, which I found quite shocking. And I did actually really push for that diagnosis because I felt like it was something that I essentially needed after all of these years of trying to get some answers about why I behaved the way that I did. It must be so hard though continuing to have to push and push and ask those questions when you're being dismissed and when you were saying when you were explaining all of your kind of traumatic experiences and then to have it kind of like you know just said oh yeah that's normal it's must be must have been really tough to keep trying. It really was but being referred to wellbeing services they tend to mostly deal with things like anxiety and depression. And although I knew myself that it was more serious than that, it was getting somebody to see that. And it was only when my husband contacted my GP at the start of this year and said, my wife is suicidal, you need to do something, that it actually sort of got the wheels in motion for me to get that diagnosis. 
I think I know that you mentioned to Yvette, our co-host, that you are a teacher and you've actually been kind of open with your employers about having BPD. Were you open initially? Were you ever like nervous about talking about that? I mean, go back to when I started teaching, it's actually been a little bit of a journey with the BPD because it's only recently that I was diagnosed. But going back to my training year, that was probably when I realized that this was something that I needed to get under control. So when I started teacher training, I was actually under the impression that I had something called complex post-traumatic stress disorder, Mm -hmm. which is really similar to BPD. Um, It's quite often confused with BPD and at that time when I started doing teacher training I was already in quite a bad headspace I'd lost a friend in a car accident earlier that year and I was also a single parent which made things so much more difficult when you're trying to train as a teacher (laughs) and you've got a three-year-old hanging around your neck while you're trying to plan lessons but um yeah with with that one I did actually tell sort of the person who was leading teacher training at that time that I had CPTSD and Mm. they were really good they sort of asked about modifications that they could do reasonable adjustments and thinking that I had CPTSD at the time I thought that this would be quite straightforward but then as the course went on and it did become slightly more stressful I started to suffer quite badly with suicidal ideation Mm. I would sort of have friends over because I was having a crisis that would leave at three o'clock in the morning and then I was be up again at five o'clock to get my daughter up get her ready and then go in and teach like nothing had happened Mm. and it was really difficult because you don't want to give the impression that you can't cope and it wasn't that I couldn't cope with the teacher training itself and I absolutely love the job The problem was I just couldn't manage all of these emotions that I got because I'd never been taught techniques on how to deal with them, essentially. Um, And it's really awkward as well because although you've got somebody that you can go to, you do feel guilty for dragging them into it. And it's a really difficult conversation to have. I was experiencing some conflict at the time with colleagues which is part of BPD and you don't want them to sort of come and fight your fires for you so it was just a really difficult time and looking back I think if I'd had that BPD diagnosis I could have made more sense of Mm. the situation and handled it a lot better. How was the support though with the teacher training because I know you mentioned you had there was someone that you could go to to talk to do you think it was decent in terms of general mental health issues or do you think there could be more done? I think in that particular school it was good I do think Mm. in general schools have come a long way in supporting staff and students with mental health conditions I was referred to the school counsellor and I didn't know I had BPD at the time so obviously she didn't know what she was dealing with either (laughs) so she was suggesting you know have a bath take a long walk which probably would work for somebody who doesn't have a personality disorder (laughs) um but yeah the support was was definitely there but I wouldn't expect a school to have the tools to be able to deal with a personality disorder I think that you know, it's only recently that I've been speaking out about it and informing people and helping leadership teams to understand what BPD is and how mm. to support staff who do have that. And I think prior to that, you know, it's so stigmatised and just so not talked about that I don't really think schools would know how to deal with it. Have you spoken to any other people in the teaching 
community that also struggle with BPD? Yeah, it was actually really difficult initially to find people who would admit to suffering with BPD. So it was a case of going onto online forums and then somebody would introduce me to somebody else. And then when I started to speak out about it more publicly, I started to get emails and messages from people who were in a similar situation. Mm. And it's actually quite shocking how many people work in education with BPD because people think that we're kind of horrible individuals. It's actually really shocking to find that loads and loads of us are actually working in education, in healthcare, even in mental health, because we are naturally very empathetic and very sensitive people. So we do get drawn to those kind of caring professions. And when I was speaking to teachers, they had so many different experiences. Some of them had had really positive ones. Some of them had the complete opposite. So for example, I was contacted by one young man who was a trainee and he had quite a few issues when he was going through teacher training and as a result of that he actually had his job offer rescinded once he had his BPD diagnosis. Oh god. I've also heard of people who have applied for jobs and disclosed the fact that they have BPD on there and despite meeting the criteria for that job they Mm. haven't been shortlisted for interview and we've also heard stories as well of people who haven't had reasonable adjustments put in place or they've been demoted and passed over so it's actually again really shocking that this is happening in this day and age yeah it's appalling I think you're right it is because BPD is still so stigmatized I feel like we've come such a long way with certain mental health illnesses mental health conditions like depression anxiety people are starting to understand that but yeah to hear that people are literally not progressing in jobs because of borderline personality disorder that's that's awful what do you think schools and you know workplaces in general need to be doing to fix this issue I think there needs to be more of a culture of openness I think a lot Mm. of the problem definitely from speaking to people with BPD is that they don't feel comfortable enough to disclose in the first place and if they can't disclose then they can't have reasonable adjustments in place to make their lives easier and to be able to do their jobs better so I definitely think having that openness I mean I'm really lucky at my school because they encourage me to talk about it educate people obviously I don't discuss it with students but I'm very open with staff about it whereas in other schools I've spoken to people and they said there is absolutely no way that that will be tolerated you couldn't speak about mental health you wouldn't even be able to speak about anxiety and depression Mm. never mind a personality disorder but it is you know so common I'm not the only person in my school with a BPD diagnosis but we're really lucky that we do have that support so that if we do want to discuss it we can Mm, which I think is a hugely positive thing do you think that the kind of culture of that openness how do I put this do you think that kind of would trickle down to students even if they were struggling with their mental health do you feel like they would be more able to discuss that with you and with other members of staff yeah definitely I mean I have maybe five or six students that come and see me a couple Mm. of times a week just to you know come and unload come and have a bit of a vent to chat about what is going on and I do think it really helps I mean for me it's actually quite Mm. surprising the fact that students seem to have this innate ability to seek out teachers who know what it feels like to suffer Mm. I mean the amount of times that I have had somebody come to me and say 
can I come and talk to you? And I've been really taken aback because this has been a student that's maybe not really on my radar. So they might not be somebody that I teach, but they've come to my door to come and speak to me anyway. And then you speak to them and you discover that they're having a really tough time and it's almost like they can tell who's got time to listen to them and who understands. Mm. No, you can always kind of pick it up. It's strange, isn't it? You can't necessarily like explain it, but you're like, no, I know this person. Yeah. You get what I mean. Do you feel like in some ways having BPD and living with this could make you more understanding and be able to understand, especially students, better? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I definitely wouldn't say that BPD was a gift. Yeah. But I do think it does give me certain traits and certain experiences Mm -hmm. that make me a better teacher. So I definitely feel like I have a lot of compassion and understanding for why students behave the way that they do. Like, for me, sometimes I can even tell with certain students that I teach, there's Mm -hmm. possible traits of BPD that are emerging. And you kind of think like if staff had the ability to be able to pick up on that, is there something that we could do to make their life a little bit easier? Knowing how difficult it is to get a BPD diagnosis when they're older, like is there anything that we can do? Like looking back now, I wouldn't expect anyone at school when I was having all the difficulties that I was having to pick up on the fact that it was BPD. But is there something that they could have done just to make life a little bit easier for me? And I think that you know, having this awareness of not just BPD, but of all mental health disorders would definitely help the students that we have now, especially given the situation where CAMS waiting lists are so, so long. Mm. And there are students that are not getting the mental health support that they need. What do you think of the kind of provision of mental health support for students in general at the moment? Because I know that when I was in school, mental health really wasn't (laughs) talked about at all. So I'm just wondering, is it better is there still a long way to go I think it's definitely better I mean like Mm. you when I was at school there was just no mental health provision whatsoever really it just it just didn't exist um which is probably why it took me so long to get diagnosed because I just thought I was you know dramatic or a bad person I didn't realize that there was something actually (laughs) wrong with me big same (laughs) same but yeah I think it's improved it's definitely on the radar a lot more but I Mm. think where the issue is at the moment is bridging that gap from what the school can do to support to professional agencies especially with COVID and everything that's happened there is such a demand for mental health services but the funding isn't there to be able to do everything that they possibly can for all of the students that need it. Mm-hmm. How has the past year been for you now that you mentioned the pandemic because I know obviously everyone's been you know teaching from home and it's been such a strange stressful time How has it been for you and how do you think it's been for the students this past year? It's been very mixed. I think, you know, for the students, they've had their lives turned upside down, essentially. Mm. Um, It's been really mixed because there's been a lot of students that, for material reasons, haven't been able to participate in education because they've not had laptops, they've not had internet access. And also there's the social aspect of it as well. You know, I think back to when I was high school age and I was out all the time with my friends and, you know, they've missed out on so, so much. And since I've returned to school, you've definitely seen the need for students to talk more and the Mm. fact that there is that little bit of regression, especially in the younger students with their social skills as well. For me personally, with having BPD, again, 
it was quite mixed the first lockdown was really difficult because I was trying to teach at home I'd also got my Mm -hmm. daughter at home and she's seven so she wasn't really in a position to teach herself so I'd spent all day teaching online the children that I teach at school and then my daughter's teacher would be ringing up and saying where's your daughter's work and I'm like well I've been teaching everyone else's kids all day and it it does get like quite stressful the second big lockdown that we had earlier this year that was actually not too bad because Mm -hmm. the school allowed me to go into school and actually physically teach so it wasn't too much of a disruption to my routine because disruption and change can be something that really triggers my BPD so I was able to get it much more under control this time as my daughter was at school she was a key worker child and that really helped just having that normality of going in the morning teaching my lesson and then coming home. How do you manage kind of within the pandemic but also even when it's all over how are you managing the stress and the impact of that on your BPD? How do you deal with that on a kind of day-to-day basis? So day-to-day basis, there's quite a few things that I do do. Um, In terms of work, I actually have a care plan in place, Mm -hmm. which is accessible at work. And that's one that I've put together. So if I am in a crisis situation, they know exactly what to do, who to phone. I mean, I've never needed it. And I'm very hopeful of the fact that I don't ever need it, especially as I have medication. Um, But in terms of, you know, just being distracted is a fantastic one for me. Like, I'm really not good when I've got too much time on my hands. So, (laughs) So for me, it would be, you know, keeping busy. And as a teacher, that's something that's really not that hard to do. (laughs) But also having things to look forward to as well. So Mm. things that take me out of my comfort zone a little bit as well. So things I've got coming up are a barista course. I'm also doing a stand-up comedy course. Like just like random things. That that sounds amazing. I know, I know. And this is the thing about BPD. We are well known for having really, really random interests because of the lack of identity. (laughs) So it's been a really good experience actually to get out there and to try new things. So that Mm. aspect of BPD actually works really well for me. Yeah, no, that that sounds very cool. I'd love to do like a stand-up comedy course <laughs> and a barista course. See, these both sound fantastic. Well, you never know when you're going to need to be funny or make a coffee. So <laughs> No, exactly. I feel like those are such useful life skills. I did a um, woodworking class a few weeks ago because I just really wanted to learn how to like build things. And it was great. would strongly recommend if you're looking for another activity to do or a skill to learn. It's very very rewarding experience yeah definitely it's always good to learn something new I think yeah definitely how are you feeling about kind of the long-term impacts of the past year and longer term as well just what schools need to be doing for students mental health but also for teachers mental health because it is such a high stress high pressure job Um, and I think what you're saying about a lot of a lot of teachers struggling with mental health and not really talking about it what needs to be done to support them better I think and this is something that I don't think schools can actually control themselves is there Mm. needs to be a massive amount of money put into the system as a whole yeah what is in the NHS at the moment is very good but there's not enough of it Mm -hmm. there's only so much that schools can do so at our school we have um like a counselling service so we have a place where teachers can go to talk which works really well we also have that for the students as well we've got mentoring for the students where teachers will mentor students who've got particular difficulties but it really needs to come from 
outside. The problem with the pandemic is that it has put a lot of those mental health obligations onto teachers Mm. when it comes to dealing with students and the emotional burden of that can be quite intense on people. Mm. I don't think there's any amount of training really that can prepare you for dealing with the emotional fallout of somebody who is disclosing things to you because we do have quite a lot of disclosures yeah and for teachers themselves again it sometimes feel like we don't really have anywhere to turn you've got maybe occupational health but you haven't got anything that is highly personalized Mm. no and it's traumatic to kind of hear those things especially if you know the students quite well to hear what they're going through it's really tough it is it is and I think the systems are in place but when you consider that a student is going through quite intense turmoil Mm. the weight that they then have to access that help is really worrying there are so many students that are just falling through the gaps and I think my last question to end on kind of a slightly more positive note so not feeling too sad about the state (laughs) of the world which often happens um is if there's someone listening who maybe thinks that they might have BPD um, and they're interested in, you know, looking into diagnosis or they want to access support, do you have anything you would say to them? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say visit your GP. And the most important thing is if you do feel like you are being fobbed off, mm-hmm. please, please keep pushing. I know that they don't always like giving out the diagnosis, but I do think it's important that that is the first step to getting help for BPD. Some this is goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116-123. You can also find them at samaritans.org. If you'd like more information about the Hub of Hope, you can find them online. They're at hubofhope.co.uk. You can also download the Hub of Hope app from the App Store. If you'd like to find out more about Mentally Yours, you can find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. And we also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. See you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.